Rye Jr. here hosting Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, my first guests are Reverend Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey uh, and uh, the dynamic producer of the King County Reparations Project, Angela Mora. And I want to start with Reverend Doc Jeffrey to have him talk about how, how he came up with the idea, who he collaborated with, and where it's going to lead us to. So Reverend Jeffrey, go right ahead. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, you having this uh, Neon to talk about this exciting uh, new thing that we're doing, um, um, uh, which is uh, being pulled together by Angela Moore, and she'll be speaking in a few minutes. Um, about a, about a year and a half ago, we started um, believing that what we needed to do was document testimonies from people in the, who were residents of the central area in five different categories. One was redlining, which you've done a lot of work in, and we're going to be talking to you um, about the redlining and uh, eminent domain, uh, the racial use of eminent domain, um, the uh, um, subprime lending, which uh, a lot of the banks participated in and people lost their houses, uh, weed and seed and the abatement laws, which were used racially to displace a lot of senior citizens. And uh, the uh, um, the tax situation, the property tax, which is um, a situation which taxes poor people out of their homes in the central area. These five components were used to basically eradicate uh, or to uh, relocate and dislocate African-Americans in the central district. So we, start, we started about a year ago uh, getting these testimonies. And um, recently, we, we, you know, I was very fortunate to uh, uh, meet uh, Angela Moore, who I did not know, you know, had never met. And we just got into a conversation about this. And she said, well, you know, I'm interested in this kind of thing. And she's a producer. And uh, so we begin to work together and collaborate to produce um, the uh, the promotional for this, uh, for this, uh, what we're going to do, uh, a docuseries. Uh, uh, we, we're creating a docuseries on the removal of African-Americans and, and the undermining, under, underpinning uh, the underlying uh, uh, policies that, that were deliberately uh, articulated and written down to make this thing happen uh, over the last 60, 70 years. So, Angela, is we've, we've got a 30 to 40 minute um uh, a presentation that she's uh, put together, and um, I think you've seen it. Uh, I hope you've seen it. I sent it to yes, you, I have. and yes. um, and it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. We're going to be uh, just pulling in more people like you and other people who have been victimized by uh, what we believe is a is a deliberate effort to uh, target people of color. Uh, in the 21st century or in the 20th century going into the 21st century. So we just, we're excited about the project. And at the end of the project, we're going to have uh, hopefully representatives from different locations in the America to chime in after they view this and, 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 and give their amen to what we've done in terms of what happened to them. So we're, we're just in the middle of this project. This is really in the beginnings and uh, it's exciting and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, so I just let Angela talk about more about it. Unless you have questions. Oh, no, I met uh, Angelo when she was with yeah. uh, Northwest African American Museum. She was doing outstanding work there. But Reverend Jeff, so before I go to you, I do want to say that I chaired the Central Seattle Community Council Housing Federation's Housing Committee uh, in 1972 to 76. And in 74, we developed a uh, redlining report. And also it got to the point where we had actual demonstrations painted red lines around uh, parts of the central area and also around in front of Seafirst Bank. 
And my cousin, Charles McCall, was working there. He had been on the job two weeks. And they, uh, the boss said, you know any of them, you know any people down there painting that red line? He said, no, boss, I don't know any of them. Anyway, we talked later. He was His wife was pregnant. I couldn't have the brother lose his job. But anyway, uh, as it turns out, President Gerald Ford sent the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development out, Carla Hills, out here to meet with us. But, you know, things went the way they went, like Reverend Jeffrey just explained. So why don't you tell us about the artistic approach that you're putting on this Miss Angela Moore. Yes, thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you for having us. Um, I'm so excited to be here and to talk about this project. Um, as Pastor Jeffrey noted, we met by chance um, working on another project for NAM, and I happen to be in the middle of completing uh, my master's thesis on a concept called cultural melancholy. Um, that is really brought about by the loss of spaces, uh, cultural institutions, cultural uh, rituals. And what Pastor Jeffrey told me he was trying to do with the King County Reparations Project spoke so deeply to what I was already trying to find. Like it was the project I was trying to find. So it felt like, uh, honestly, divine intervention to to find each other when we did. Um as far as artistic approach, um, we're really fortunate to have the resources of Cascade PBS um, behind this project. We have people who have been in the um, industry, the film production industry for over uh, 30, 40 years that filmed the interviews um, for this particular portion of the storytelling. Um, we're also digging deep into archives, um, the city municipal archives, as well as um, uh, Mohai and, you know, leaning on uh, community members that we have um, invited to tell their stories and provide um, some materials from their past, you know, photos of their homes that they've lost or been displaced from, um, you know, whether that was uh, a member that we've We've spoken to quite extensively John Houston, who lost his home in the 50s, um, or someone more recently like uh, Sirwa Ashford, who recently lost her home just in February 2023, um, her family home. Um, and we're exploring, like Pastor Jeffrey said. Thank you, Amelia. Can you hear me now? I can. I'll go right there. Okay. So we're exploring um, along with, uh, you know, homes that were lost in the 50s, homes that were lost recently. Um, and we're exploring policy areas from ranging from, you know, housing discrimination like redlining. And I cannot wait to talk to you and interview you, um, Eddie, about that, given your extensive background in it, um, to things like subprime lending um, and unfair uh mortgages and um, loans that were given out in predatory ways. Um, this feels like a story that hasn't been explored. It hasn't been told uh, for whatever reason in this particular region. And it feels for me, it's a privilege to be able to not only dig deep into this particular um, area of systemic discrimination, but to be able to talk to community members um, and hear their truly heartfelt stories of loss, um, losses that should have never happened, um, and explore ways together that we can come to some sort of restorative justice. And that's an excellent point. I just think about uh, 
uh, people talk about urban renewal was black removal. So mm -hmm. we had that, and then we had the freeways. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there was at the R.H. Thompson, there used to be at the Arboretum, there used to be the, the cutoff to nowhere. And mm -hmm. uh, they're going to run the R.H. Thompson from, uh, from 520 through the central area to I-90. And the only thing that saved us was that the people protested them cutting down the trees at the Arboretum. They didn't uh -huh. say a word about the black folks that was going to be this place from 26 yeah. to 28. That was going to be a freeway. And uh, so uh, we had some uh, some elected officials that we know that supported that, but uh, uh, it ended up dying. That's why you kept seeing that that cut off to nowhere because the yeah. trees saved the black community that time. But later mm -hmm. on, as Dr. Jeffrey indicated, the other practices, discriminatory practices, uh, ridded us. And, you know, this thing is happening all across America, in all the major cities, uh, black folks are being forced out. So uh, Reverend Jeffrey, I hopefully that what you and Angela are doing can set the, uh, the example we could, of what people need to do across the country. Because we could really use, we could really use your connections, Eddie, to, to connect us with people in Watts and Harlem and people uh, uh, in New York, uh, 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 in DC, and other places to get them to testify in this doc in this in this documentary because we want to show the connectivity of all of these these five systemic uh, uh, policy uh, implementations in all these cities uh, because there are there is a common thread of racism and 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 anti-blackness that runs through these threads and and it, it comes from this this white privilege mentality in all of America that seeks to uh, minimize and, and control uh, African wealth and Af African-American capacity. So we, we need those connections, you know, somebody to testify in these di different cities who, about the commonality. And that will that'll be a part of uh, one of the conclusions of this documentary to show the commonality. And so I know you have those connections that maybe you could help us identify some of those people. I have some people, but I know you you have more extensive connections than I do. Well, right down the street uh, in Tacoma, Mayor uh, Victoria Woodard is the mayor of Tacoma, was mm -hmm. recently the president of the National Mayors, uh, National League of Cities, uh, some national organizations. So she would be my first stop because she has that all documented on who they are, where they are, and the okay. uh, uh, cities and areas you want to target there. And also I can contact several uh, members of the Congressional Black Caucus who can also provide some information. Also, uh, like I've had a chance to meet the mayor of Atlanta, the mayor of Detroit, uh, Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver was a former mayor of Kansas City. So we have the resources to, to really help put yeah. this together and put a national spotlight on it. And it's a good thing it's yeah. coming from, from Seattle and New Hope. So that's yeah. that's 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 Dr. Jeffrey's legacy. So I know that no that that definitely needs to happen because we hear the same complaints all across the country from black folks. Yeah, all across the all country. In place. And it all has to do with economic apartheid, you know. Washington State in 2021, black businesses did 0.18%. And a year after the governor signed executive order restoring affirmative action, black businesses did 0.22%. When you have that minimum of kind of support, not to mention affirmative, no affirmative action for 23 years, a lot of family businesses went out of business. So we're at, consistently at a disadvantage. But the good thing is, is that we got the will to fight. And Dr. Yeah. Jeffrey, you've oh, been yeah. oh, yeah. in charge for a long time. So, uh, uh, in terms of uh, 
the, the next steps for the documentary? What is next? And will people get a chance to see the preview? We're gonna we're gonna be previewing it uh, across. We're gonna be showing the preview at um, at a lot of uh, gatherings. People can have a gathering and, and ask us to show the preview. Uh, you've seen it. You can testify to the quality of it. It's it's first class quality, and um, um, we're gonna show a preview of it on the twenty third at New Hope. Uh, we're having an event that will be talked about later by uh, Alicia, where we'll be talking about the Black Church. We're showing a film on the Black Church, which is shown on PBS, but we're showing it at New Hope. It's free to the public, and it's and we'll have conversations with Dr. Braxton and Dr. Anderson and myself. I'll be uh, leading the panel, helping to uh, facilitate the panel with Dr. Braxton and Dr. Anderson on a conversation about the relevancy of the Black Church on the 23rd and the 16th this Friday. So that's good. Don't snow us out. But anyway, uh, we'll be there and uh, we'll, we won't show the we'll preview this Friday, but we'll show the preview of the film next Friday. And um, Angela will be there to, to, you know, present the film. And, um, and, um, so yeah, we're excited about this project. We, we need this, this representation of what we're doing is, uh, put out so that we can generate enthusiasm in the community. We can get, uh, testimonies and we can also generate funding to support this work because this is going to cost us, this is costing us already costing yeah. us money to put all of this together first class and do a first class documentary on, on what's going on in inner cities, in the inner city in, in Seattle and what's going on across the country. But, you know, we, we need funding and we'll be looking for funding for these, for these, for this, um, for this program, but um, right now we're just excited and we know that uh, we're, we're, we're going to get this done. I mean, we just positive mm -hmm. we're going to get this done because yeah, yeah. this getting to this point was impossible. <laughs> well, year, I want to share with you, Doc, uh, a young man by the name of Corbett Mosley out of Tacoma yeah, uh, helped put together a project where there's going to be $200 million going to the Black, Brown, Indigenous community. And uh, I want to make sure that uh, that I get you guys hooked up with Corbett. Absolutely. Uh, make sure because this is the kind of uh, projects that they are looking to fund is through the Department okay. of Commerce. So I'll make sure yeah. that you get this information. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll hook up a conference call or a Zoom call between the three of us. I appreciate that, Eddie. I know you're okay. the man. You can help. You can help us get this done, man. Because we uh, got this to the point where we could show it to you guys. And I knew that you and and a few other guys out there uh, in who have been patriots and 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 just patriots and 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 stalwarts in this work that that you you know it's like a relay thing <laughs> you know we, so now we are trying to get people to help us get this thing to the finish line but uh i think that um yeah we need that kind of help eddie well hang on yeah. for a minute because we have assistant pastor of the new hope missionary baptist church uh okay. reverend lanisha de barlavan on and uh, you guys all in the same group so <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, Lisa, yeah. You know, we just finished. Reverend Jeffrey just mentioned the film thing. We want you to go into a little bit more detail about it. And I know you. I met Angela through uh, when you were heading up the Northwest African American Museum. So, I, I, a matter of fact, Angela, I already had your email address from, uh, from, <laughs> from anyway, back in the day. Yeah. You know, with, uh, go ahead, let's have a few details, uh, Assistant Pastor Lanisha. 
Well, Eddie, it's so good to be on the show with you. Hello there, Reverend Dr. Jeffrey, Angela Moore. So good to see you all. And we are delighted to invite your listening audience to uh, Freedom Fridays. It is a Black History Month community film series that we're hosting at New Hope Missionary Baptist Church. We are showing the film called The Black Church. This is our story. This is our song. It was produced by Dr. Henry Louis Gates Jr. of Harvard University. University, and we're going to be showing it for the last two Fridays in February at 6 p.m. It's free and open to the public. We're going to show episode one on this Friday, February 16, and episode two on next Friday, February 23rd. And then immediately after the film, people will be able to enjoy a live panel discussion featuring some of our leading pastors of the city, Reverend Dr. Leslie Braxton, who is pastor of New Beginnings uh, Christian Fellowship in Kent, and uh, Reverend Dr. Carrie Anderson, who's pastor of the oldest African-American congregation in Seattle, First African Methodist Episcopal Church, First AME Church, and our very own Reverend Dr. Robert L. Jeffrey Sr., pastor of New Hope, will be moderating this conversation. It is a must-attend event. There are going to be activities for the whole family because there will be a game room for children and young people adjacent to where the film is going to be shown. And so we encourage everybody to mark your calendars. It's a great date night event for those who want to just go out on a Friday night. Come to watch this amazing, informative, inspiring film. This is about bringing the community together during Black History Month. It's about the church being responsive to the needs of community. And most of all, it is about our collective empowerment and our collective transformation. And that is what the true church has been about always. And so we invite folks to come six o'clock the last two Fridays of the month. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey and Angela have already mentioned that next Friday, the 23rd, we will have a special premiere showing of the King County Reparations Project video at 530, right before the six o'clock film. Well, uh, Dr. Jeffrey has agreed to be the keynote speaker for the Martin Luther King Commemoration and Continuation Committee's Black History event, and uh, I was supposed to get in touch with you to see if you would do the introduction for Reverend Dr. Jeffries, Lanisha. Always, always okay. available. You've been a part of MLKCC, so so that's a perfect fit to have the the assistant introduce the pastor who's going to be the keynoter, and that's going to be at Holgate Street Church of Christ on February 24th, Saturday at 3.30 to 5.30, and uh, Jamil, Chef Jamil, is going to be uh, throwing down for after the event. Uh, he is one of the, probably the best out here when it comes down to catering grub. And then naturally we'll have Lewis Rudd and some of the Ezels there and might even have Terrell Jackson, some catfish corner. So we're going to have some food for people and we'll have, you know, some of everybody, we hope. So uh, uh, Lanisha, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the Freedom Friday, now this is a, another New Hope event and uh how did how did this concept come up well you know uh new hope missionary baptist church has always been focused on empowering the community it's turning 75 years old this year is the 75th anniversary of new hope church and so um 
our visionary, Dr. Jeffrey, uh, just felt that this is an extension of the initiatives that New Hope is already doing, hosting Clean Greens, hosting the Black Dollar Days Task Force, hosting the New Hope Community Development Institute, which is um, building affordable housing in the CD. And so Freedom Fridays is an extension of the community-centered work that the church has been doing for 75 years now. Well, I know for the last, Rev. Doc, you got here, what, 36 years ago now? Yeah, about 36. Yeah, I, I, they've been real busy for the last 36, I can tell you that. Uh, so, you know, I'm just uh, happy to be working shoulder to shoulder with Doc. Uh, and Anisha, you were you did an outstanding job at the Northwest African American Museum, and you, yeah, now you're doing absolutely. A, a doctoral program, and she was a former uh, chair of all the African American Museum boards yeah. in the country, so... Doc, you really got a, a star there uh, under you, you know that? I, uh, I couldn't believe that she was available. <laughs> <laughs> I you am grateful. That's, that's like releasing uh, 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 Mahomes. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> to the open yeah. market. You got a winner. <laughs> I, know I that's am right. the one. I'm the one that's fortunate to just have this opportunity to be under the tutelage of such a committed social justice champion and giant. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey is an icon, a spiritual and social justice icon in this community. And I'm learning so much uh, under his leadership and just grateful. And this Freedom Fridays is the first time that New Hope is is uh, hosting this film series for community. And so we're really encouraging folks to Come out, put it on your calendars, clear your calendar to be sure to be there on the next two Fridays. It's going to be powerful. The conversation with these intellectual uh, powerhouse giant pastors between Dr. Braxton, Dr. Anderson, and Dr. Jeffers, uh, Dr. Jeffrey will be answering all the questions that community has about what's the role and the relevance of the Black church today. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, why don't you uh, uh, give us a, a little, just a little background about about uh, your a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah. Well, one thing I definitely wanted to mention, I will certainly go over my background, but um, you know, the King County Reparations Project, I was fortunate to get involved with because of Lanisha um, and the work that we were doing with her at NAM um, that introduced me to uh, Mr. Jeffrey. And I'm so excited uh, to be continuing this work, to be bringing this work to life. Right now, as Dr. Jeffrey mentioned, we are in a um, a place where we're we're ready to show it to people, and we're ready to engage folks, and we're ready to tell more stories. Um, we are in a fundraising effort to bring more money to this uh, storytelling effort so that we can tell as many stories as possible. But we also want to reach the community. Um, so I encourage folks to come out, come to these screenings. We've got these two at New Hope um, scheduled, but we have more on the way as well. And um, if you have been affected, if you if your family has been displaced, if your family has suffered some sort of um, discrimination in terms of housing, please reach out to the King County Reparations Project because we want to capture your story. It's really important. It's really crucial. And um, we appreciate anybody who has the time and the vulnerability to come forward and to share. Um, As far as my background, my background is in nonprofit communications. I've worked with organizations like uh, the um, 
largest anti-sexual assault organization in the nation, uh, Rain, uh, based in Washington, D.C. I had a long tenure with them. And more recently, I am here in Seattle. I've worked, fortunately, with NAM, the Northwest African American Museum, um, recently, as well as doing some videography and production work for King County um, in their child care health program. And right now I'm at Cascade PBS, which has recently rebranded from Cascade Public Media and um, has sort of encompassed three different brands, the TV station, the online news station, and my department, which is the creative works department. And we work with both for-profit and nonprofit entities to tell stories and to reach audiences in ways that um, are engaging, um, involve multimedia like a um, motion graphics as well as um, high quality video production from experts of over 30 to 40 years in production. Um, we have super talented editors, super talented producers, and I'm so fortunate to be here and even more fortunate to have found this project to work on um, because it not only feels like a story that has to be told. Um, it feels like a story that I am meant to tell um, as someone who whose family just briefly came here um, from the East Coast and faced housing discrimination right away. Um, okay. My parents actually got in a had a lawsuit with the homeowners association they were trying to buy a house from in 1980. You know, after the open housing yes. act. Um, and Can I get you to hold on for a minute? We need to yeah, take a quick absolutely. break and we're going to come right back to you, okay? Thank you. So, uh, Odie, let's take this break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift, and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. All right. Eddie Ryan back in Urban Forum Northwest is my next guest. And uh, that is uh, the chair, uh, the president of the uh, Seattle chapter, A. Philip Randolph Institute, Gabriel Prawl. And Vanessa, he didn't give me your last name. I apologize. But uh, they're two of the movers and shakers that's responsible for the African-American Legislative Day, the Charles Rollin African-American Legislative Day, which will be held Monday, 9.30 to 3.30 in Olympia, Washington. So Gabriel, go right on. You were on last week talking about this very important event 
So why don't you share with us what's happening and then we'll hear from Vanessa. Thank you, Eddie Wright, for inviting us again to your um, radio channel to um, highlight the event that's coming up. Um, African-American Legislative Day is coming up on Monday. And um, this is something that's been happening for over um, 20 plus years. Um, one of the things I want people to be aware is uh, transportation. We have a bus leaving out of, um, in front of Greater Mount Baker Baptist Church on 24th and Jackson. Buses are leaving at 7.30. And um, they'll be making one stop in Federal Way before heading to the Capitol. Um, we're asking people to get on the buses. Um, spaces are limited, so people need to get there on time and um, can also call Go to our APRI website, apriseattle.org, and get information on how to contact to make sure you, you reserve your spot on the bus. Now, um, we got a very tight agenda for Monday, and, uh, which include um, departments A coming and give a report to the committee, community, and also um, the governor. And hopefully we get as many legislators that come in. We got you. Gabriel, I, I need you to hold on right quick. Uh, you and Vanessa, Congressman Adam Smith is on the line right now. So we, let's hear from him right quick. We'll come right back to you, okay? Okay. He was on there voting on our behalf. Congressman Smith? Hey, Eddie, how are you? All right. I got uh, Gabriel Prawl and uh, Vanessa on from uh, A. Philip Randolph. You're sponsoring uh, the Charles Rollin African-American Legislative Day on Monday. But anyway, I know that uh, you were going to be on earlier, but you had to vote. What did you vote on and what's happening in D.C.? And well, what does Gabriel and Vanessa need to do in Olympia on Monday to help us? Yeah, well, actually, uh, we were just voting on a couple of suspensions and a Republican bill on uh, basically drill, baby, drill. But actually, I was I was in a classified brief discussing that that leaked bit of intel that everyone's been talking about the last couple of days. So that's what had me uh, hung up there. But uh, but I'm uh, free and good now. And basically, we can uh, keep working on a progressive Democratic agenda. It was great to get the win in the special election in New York. You know, I think it showed us that we can succeed in this environment. We need to build on that and then build on what the state legislature has been doing the last uh, couple of years on, you know, on housing, education, health care, um, you know, same old, same old, but still very, very important. What would you have uh, uh, at uh, what would you have uh, Gabriel Prawl and Vanessa? What would you have them prioritize while we have the African-American Legislative Day uh, in Olympia on, on Friday on Monday? I'm kind of the wrong person to ask about that just because I have not been closely tracking um, what's going on in the legislature. Um, you know, I'm focused on the, on the federal side. So they would know better than I what the legislature is wrestling with as we get down near the end here. So sorry. Um, don't have any particular insights on what the state legislature is up to at the moment. Okay, let me, let me turn around. Vanessa and Gabriel, what would you have Congressman Adam Smith work on on behalf of the African-American community while he's in D.C.? Well, we have a couple of uh, uh, police accountability reform bills that we're working on um, and uh, speaking about. Uh, 
There's a House Bill 1579 is creation of um, uh, creation of uh, independent prosecutor. I'm sure he's aware of that one. Um, and then there's House Bill 2114. Um, and this so bill, he's, he's in the U.S. Congress, so he wouldn't he, he would only have to be able to talk to uh, probably the Dr. representatives from the district he represents. Okay, so, so we, we have to... quite a few uh, bills that we're working on uh, and speaking on on that day. Uh, we have our lobbyists who will be speaking on these bills. So we could uh, share them, but. Okay, I'll tell you what, let's, let's so let the so, call um, Eddie, I, I, I just like to jump in real quick because um, just thinking on um, Representative Adams in, in, in Congress, um, one of many of the things that I are uh, looking at that I would like to see focus on be on the agenda for this new administration to handle and take care of is the uh, reparation bills, um, voting rights bills, and and um, and, um, some labor bills, because these are the important things that uh, working people and the community also are part of the working class. So um, those things affect us in both ways, as workers and as community leaders. Okay, Congressman Smith, what do you have to say? Yeah, the voting rights bill is particularly important. It's something that we passed a couple of times when we were in the majority. Um, the Senate did not take up. But look, the Voting Rights Act has been under assault um, from the courts and from the states. And we need to reassert uh, the importance of it legislatively. You know, and we had a very, very good voting rights bill um, that we need to focus on and get passed. Which is why we need to get the majority back um, and continue to push that issue. And then also, I know a lot of the police accountability stuff is on the state level, but we can also do that on the federal level. And, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I mean, just to be perfectly honest, I, I don't support, you know, defunding the police or abolition, but I do support accountability. And that's one of the major problems in law enforcement right now. They have an awesome amount of authority. They don't have the accountability that they should have. Years ago, I worked with Andre Taylor on the de-escalate um, couple of initiatives that were passed to try to get some changes in the law to increase that accountability. Um, but we're a long way from being where we need to be on that issue. And uh, the other issue that you had, uh, Gabriel? So um, I just wanted to um, make Representative Adam understand. I also work on the um, um, initiative with um, Andre. Andre Taylor. And um, we did as much as we could to um, try to make this, uh, push this this initiative to pass, and it did. But one of the things that uh, we have seen is that there's no accountability, there's nothing has changed, and um, how can we push to make that change or make some accountability to the fact that we still didn't an issue. And I just want to make one thing clear. We know for a fact that we need law enforcement in our community to do their job, but we do not need people to be getting killed by law enforcement, especially unarmed people in our community, women's and, and men's, black women's and men, I want to be specific. Yeah, no, amen to that. I think that's very, very well said. So in Smith, words, what are your, what are your, your priority, legislative priorities? I know we're trying to, the, how your, the Democrats want to retake the House. And uh, I think uh, what happened in New York was a good indicator. Uh, I was happy to see that uh, the the victor uh, did not let uh, the, the border situation scare him 
like which they thought, and we know who's holding that up. That is not the Democrats, but that's the Republicans, because Donald Trump is telling them not to have anything go through on that because of the fact that it'll make Joe Biden look good, which is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, your comments on that? Yeah, no, amen. I mean, that's the that's the biggest problem right now is the Republicans. They're playing politics, not trying to solve issues. Look, my priorities, number one, we've got to pass the appropriations bills. I mean, there is crucial funding in the FY24 appropriations bills for housing, for education, for health care, um, for all manner of things that are crucial to the district that I represent. And, you know, those bills are still being held up. They've been held up by the Republicans for a while. We're working towards an agreement. I also think it's really important that we get the assistance to Ukraine so that Putin's invasion and effort to destroy Ukraine doesn't succeed. There's been a tremendous international coalition that has come together and helped with that. Um, but they need the help now. But then going forward, we have to broaden our agenda beyond just what we can accomplish with the Republican House. And frankly, we need to get back to the Build Back Better plan um, that Joe Biden had to get after issues like child care, um, the per-child tax credit, um, all of these issues that are necessary to help people. You know, that was a good bill. And also that bill contained tax fairness, you know, by making changes so that finally we would have, you know, people on the high end paying their fair share of taxes. I think that basic agenda, um, I don't know that I was necessarily in love with the name, Build Back Better, uh, but the idea that we need to do more to help struggling families, you know, with, with child care and health care and job training, and we need to help seniors, um, who don't have coverage on Medicare for hearing, vision, um, I always forget the third one, um, but, you know, they don't have the coverage they should have. So I think we need to stick to that agenda that was part of what we were doing after the 2020 election, uh, before the Republicans took over in the House, to show that we understand the single biggest challenge we face in this country right now, income inequality. Too many people are struggling to pay for housing, to pay for food, to pay for education, while a few have massive amounts of wealth. We have got to get greater fairness, equity, and equality in this country. And that's going to be our priority throughout the rest of this year into the election. And then hopefully, once we get President Biden reelected and Democrats back in control of the House, we can push that agenda even more effectively. Well, Congressman Smith, I want to first of all thank you for writing the first letter in support of uh, African-American businesses who are being discriminated against in the state of Washington. And as a matter of fact, you know, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland seems like he's uh, uh, more akin to uh, Ed Bloom and Stephen Miller. Uh, he has uh, <clears throat> it says he sent this uh, complaint over to the Department of Transportation. I was nose to nose with Sec Secretary Pete Buttigieg at at the reception. After the reception, the Congresswoman uh, Joyce Beatty hosted. She was chair of the Congressional Black Caucus in September of 2022, and. Uh, uh, you know, now it's 2024. We've not heard one peep from the Department of Justice about the discrimination against black folks in Washington state. And the thing about it is he sent it to DOT, the discriminations against, against all the agencies. It's not just DOT. So it's really strange to us that a racial discrimination complaint will be sent to the Department of Transportation and nothing has happened for over two years except for well, black folks know, going out of business. Yeah, no, we've been looking into that, and we will continue to do so. So let me see what I can find out now about, about what's going on with that, because, you know, we've worked on this for better than a decade um, to try to get at the disparities, and it did start with contracts through the DOT. Uh, but you're right, it's contracts writ large across the government. 
Yeah, we even had an executive order from Governor Inslee in January 2022 at the end of the year, restoring affirmative action, but at the end of the year, black businesses at 0.22%. And that's why they can't. we can't buy houses in the central area anymore where we used to own all of them. So it's really been uh, unfortunate. But whatever you can do to assist us, sir, we certainly would appreciate it. And I appreciate your time. Is there anything you'd like to say in passing? Do you have to get in a recess real soon? I'm sorry, say that last part. You getting a recess real soon, the House? Uh, well, we're, we don't get recess. We get district work periods. Um, but, uh, yes, we are. We're in a district work period next week. And, um, no, I think you covered the issues. I just want to say thank you, as always, for your leadership in the community and for always giving me an opportunity to come on your show. Well, thank you very much, Congressman Smith, and hopefully I'll see you when you're in town. Absolutely. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate the chance. Tell Jalen, thank her very much, too, for organizing this. We appreciate it. Okay, uh, Vanessa. And Vanessa, what, tell me what your last name is, please. Prawl. Okay, Vanessa Prawl. You know, you know Gabriel Prawl, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, uh, I'm the other stop. half. She's the other <laughs> She's my other half, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, now you there were some bills that you want people to pay attention to. So we got about two minutes. I'm glad you guys got a chance to talk to the congressman too. Yeah, especially you know, too. yeah. yeah. Uh, I, why don't you uh, give me a, uh, just a couple of the bills that's of importance, Vanessa? Okay. So uh, as I mentioned, we have the independent prosecutor bill, which is. Uh, 1579. Um, this bill would allow for independent investigation of uh, police uh, misconduct. Then there is um, Senate Bill 6251. It is a health care bill coordinating regional behavior crisis response and suicide prevention services, um, which is to so that that's a second one we're supporting. Okay. Establishing a statewide network of student mental and behavior health. It's 6216. Uh, 6007 is Grocery Workers Employment stand, um, Standards. And then we have an environment bill, which is uh, SB 5990. It's uh, Curb Pollution Act. Now, before we go, we have a list of bills you want people to be advocating for when we get down to Olympia, Gabriel? Will you have that out before then? So that list is on our website. It's okay, seattle.org. There's information on there regarding the bus schedule, uh, the legislative agenda for the day, and just different Great. information. There's also information on previous events that we've done in the past. Okay, I'll, I'll put that uh, under, Gabriel didn't send me your picture, Vanessa, that's why you're not on Facebook, but I'll, <laughs> I will, I'll put uh, the APRI uh, website uh, address underneath Gabe's picture on Facebook so people can go right there and get access to the information. So I thank both you guys very much, and I'm glad you had a chance to communicate with Congressman Adam Smith. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important for, because yeah. he, he's our ninth district representative, so he is, he is a representative from the hood. What's yeah. left of the hood, anyway. Yeah. Okay, thank you all very much, and I'll see you Monday. Okay, thank you, Eddie Wright. A little, about 1030, though, Gabriel. I won't be early. Okay, that's okay. All right. You're coming okay. in the right time. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, then. Gabriel and Vanessa Prawl, leaders of uh, uh, Seattle chapter of A. Philip Randolph Institute. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Okay, Eddie. Odie, we're going to take this break. At Sound Transit. 
we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. All right, Eddie Rye Jr. back at Urban Forum Northwest. I'm going to let people know that on February 18th uh, at 3 p.m., it's the 64th Black Heritage Tea Returns. It's a, a statewide celebration of our heritage stewardship by our youth take part in the nurturing of our health with free health screening and health education, uh, African Tire and Courage. And this will be uh, the Northern Puget Sound District Association Black Heritage Tea. It will be uh, at uh, uh, Mount Zion Baptist Church. So uh, you can check with your friends from Mount Zion and make sure that you have all the information you need. Uh, anyway, I also want to thank uh, Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity and Inclusion, uh, the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office, and the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Department, SeaTag Bar Group, LLC, and my next guest is Chris Bailey of the Mona Bailey Academy. And they're having a big event coming up where they're going to be working with 63rd through 8th graders in the STEM process. So, Chris, welcome back to Urban Forum Northwest. And why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about the Mona Bailey Academy. She was a renowned educator and administrator in the Seattle School District uh, and your mother, your late mother. So uh, I'd like to have you just talk a little bit about the Academy first and then let's go to What's going to be your next event? Excellent, Eddie, and thank you for having us. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be on your show. Uh, the Moto Bailey Academy was started after my mom passed away, uh, and, and we it, it started. We founded it about five years ago, uh, and our goal was basically to continue in her footsteps and in, 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 in uh, educating kids in STEM education. She was. Uh, a leader, as you already have mentioned, in uh, in education, but she also had a strong passion for science and math. Uh, she was one of the founders of the Northwest Mesa, uh, and uh, it, it was always her passion to, to educate as many kids of color in, in math and science. And so what we've done is formed a, a academy in her name called the Mona Bailey Academy, and currently what we do is we do uh, technology giveaways. So we've given over away over over 200 laptop computers over the past few years to, to kids in need. 
and we also do STEM camps. And so we have two STEM camps that we do throughout the year. One is during midwinter break, Black History Month, uh, and the one that you referred to, which, which is coming up. And then we do uh, another one in the summertime at Wild Waves Water Park. Um, and so those are our two big camps that we do throughout the year. But uh, at a minimum, we host 60 third through eighth grade students at these camps. And these camps are free for these kids to attend. And they are a lot of fun. So hopefully that gives uh, you and some of the listeners an idea of what we're into. How can people get information uh, of our listeners uh, that might have a, a young person, a student that would be interested in participating? How can they access information to the camp? Well, we've tried to really uh, utilize social media to, 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 uh, to, t- to take advantage of that. And um, Facebook is our, our primary uh, site for information on the Mona Bailey Academy. So all you really need to do is just type in Mona Bailey Academy on Facebook. And when you get to it, you'll see our, our, our upcoming camp, which is coming up here on Friday, February 23rd, which is next Friday. And you could actually sign up for that camp if you go to the Facebook Mona Bailey Academy page. And uh, that's great. Now, does uh, the, in terms of you say the third through the eighth grade, is that what we're focusing on? Yeah, our, our, the kids that we're working with at our camps are from third through eighth grade. Uh, and I'll you know just give you a little more about the camp that we're that we're having here uh, on the 23rd, which like I said is next Friday. Uh, that camp is, begins at, 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 at 10.30, and it goes from 10.30 to 5. We've invited 60 kids to come down. We still have a few spots left. So if if, if any of your listeners are listening right now, I would suggest hopping on Facebook real quick because our, our spots are filling up really quickly. But we do have a few spots left. But what, we're, what we've done is we've broken the 60 down into groups of four. So – the first group starts at 11, the next group starts at 12, the next group starts from there, starts at 1, and then from there, 2. But what the campers will, will be treated to is, first off, when they get there, Ezel is one of our, our, our food providers. They're going to have a snack provided to them by Ezel, uh, and then they'll be ready to, to begin the session. Uh, and our first session is a music production session. So any kids interested in music production, they can learn. Uh, about the music business, and they'll be able to learn from professionals. Uh, the people that will be teaching that class, uh, one of them is Kola uh, Malik, who, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Kid Sensation. Um, he's a very popular artist in the area, and uh, well, another person who will, will be with him instructing is Funk Daddy, and Funk Daddy's been in the Seattle community forever. People know him by name. Uh, he's an he's a excellent uh, person to learn from. The, 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 the next session after they complete the, the music production session, and these sessions are 45 minutes each. Uh, the next session from that will be a STEM game session and a, a drone flying session put on by the STEM Tech Foundation. And then the final session, um, which is another 45 minute session, uh, the kids will learn more about cooking and nutrition and you know what, what you put in your body and, and how to actually have a, a nutritional diet. And they'll learn all this from a, a popular chef around town. His name is Chef Tony Hayes. He owns Classic Eats in Burien, and he's, he's, he's excellent working with kids and teaching them the value of, 
of, of, of, of putting together a good nutritional plan. And at the end of the day, these different groups uh, will have a chance to, to, to get a free laptop because at the end of the day, we'll be raffling away a free laptop to the participants of the camp. And hopefully uh, everyone will walk away with smiles on their faces. So that's, that's the day. Um, and we're really excited about that opportunity. Well, uh, I also want to uh, thank you for uh, being a presenter of an award named for your mother, uh, the Mona Bailey Education Advocate Award, which will be going to Dr. Dwayne Chappelle, with the city, who leads the City of Seattle's uh, uh, Education and Early Childhood uh, Program. Uh, he's received uh, two national awards for his program, and I'm so happy that you'll be presenting the Mona Bailey Education Advocate Award to Dr. Dwayne Chappelle. On uh, that will be Saturday, the 24th at 3:30 at the uh, Holgate Street Church of Christ sponsored by the Martin Luther King Commemoration and Continuation Committee that is co-chaired by Hayward Evans and myself. So we really are happy that you are going to be available to make that presentation. I know you know uh, Dr. Chappelle as well. Yes, and I'm proud to present that award to him. He's a great person and even a, a better educator. So uh, I couldn't be more happy to, to, to present the award to Dwayne, Dr. Chappelle. Yeah, so it well, it should, should be a, a good event. We're going to have a number of people who are deserving to be acknowledged. Uh, uh, and, you know, and this is our Black History event. We also do something to remember Dr. King uh, on the day that he was murdered, uh, April 4th. And then we also do something on August 28th. That was the 63 March on Washington, D.C. for Jobs and Freedom, where Dr. King gave his famous I Have a Dream speech that also catapulted uh, for people in the action, they end up with the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights Act of 65. And people got to remember those uh, bills were passed for African-Americans. I'm from Louisiana, and if, if you if you wasn't black, you rode on the front of the bus. So I knew that much. So Chris Bailey, thank you very much. And thank you for the work you're doing with the people and the young students. And we look forward to seeing you, if not before, look forward to seeing you on February 24th at Holgate Street Church of Christ. So you can present that Marlon Bailey Education Advocate Award to Dr. Dwayne Chappelle. So thank you very much for your time and all the good work you're doing in the community, sir. Eddie, thank you very much. And just so your listeners, uh, just one last time, all they need to do is go to Facebook and then type Mona Bailey Academy if they're interested in sending anybody to our camp next Friday, February 23rd. Uh, we'd love to have them. They okay, thank you, sir. Time. All right. Take care. Okay. I want to thank uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase Construction Services Department, Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, uh, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. And uh, that T is part of, um, uh, at Mount is part of the Northwest Baptist Convention, headed up by Bishop Gary Tyson. And they've been in business since, what, 1869 or something like that. But anyway, uh, Eddie Ryan with another edition of Bourbon Forum Northwest. Odie, thank you very much for handling the program today. And uh, we look forward to talking with everybody again next week. And if you haven't registered, register to vote. See you later.